Hi, welcome to Bookie. To unlock more world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features. Today we will unlock the book The Republic of Pirates, being the true and surprising story of the Caribbean pirates and the man who brought them down. When we speak of the great era of maritime discovery in the 16th century, some of us would probably think of Magellan, the first person to sail around the globe. However, Magellan himself did not finish the whole circumnavigation. When he led the fleet and arrived in the Philippines, he was killed in a dispute and made into a sandwich. After that, it was a man named Francis Drake that led the fleet and accomplished the circumnavigation. During the voyage, he found a strait at the southernmost end of South America, and named it Drake Passage. However, Drake was actually a pirate, a robber at sea who did everything but good deeds. Pirates have been around for a long time, from as early as the age of the ancient Greece and ancient Rome to as late as today's Somali pirates, who have been giving troubles to the international community. We can say that, where there is water and ships, there are pirates. Ironically, the pirate Francis Drake who was supposed to be condemned, was welcomed in England by all English people, like a returning hero at that time. Queen Elizabeth even met him in person, listened to what he had seen along the journey for six hours, and even bestowed a knighthood on Drake. Sir Francis Drake was also one of the first men awarded the title of Royal Pirate. As a result, pirates' looting of passing ships was legalized by the English government at that time. Inspired by this, many hot-blooded young people joined the rank of pirates, which meant not only infinite wealth, but also glory and status. The government and pirates worked together in mutual benefit and support, and achieved a win-win situation. In what kind of an era would evil pirates become national heroes? Queen Elizabeth, the leader of the country, was even called the biggest pirate commander in England. What happened to these pirates with the support of their country? Did they stay lucky all along? The author Colin Woodard who studied history at the University of Cambridge, is a best-selling author and an international journalist. In the process of writing this book, he had consulted all first-hand materials coming from the archive centers in Britain and the Americas, and the letters of English and Spanish governors, colonial officials, and naval captains, accounts in period pamphlets, newspapers, and the logbooks of His Majesty's warships. With detailed information, the author objectively presents to us the history of pirates who gradually stepped into a period of great prosperity, the Golden Age. Next, we will go through this book with you in three parts. First, how the pirates through interdependence with England entered the Golden Age. Second, how the system worked in the Republic of Pirates. Third, how the Republic of Pirates came to its demise. In the great era of maritime discovery, England fought all the way to become the empire on which the sun never sets, with colonies all around the world. However, in the 16th century, Britain was far from powerful enough to be a great empire. Instead, it was once confronted with internal crisis and external threats. Back then, Britain was not yet unified, and conflicts broke out frequently between England and Scotland, Wales and Ireland. Riots which resulted from the domestic religious reform at that time, took place regularly. The enclosure movement caused many peasants to lose their land and become displaced. The outbreak of plague, 
also called the Black Death every now and then killed millions of people. In contrast, Spain, England's neighbor, occupied the Americas after the discovery of the New World by Columbus. The Americas were rich in treasures and resources, and Spain was so powerful that it occupied almost all routes from Europe to the Americas. As a result, the gold and silver of the Indians were continuously transported to Spain. The map of Spain's overseas colonies was getting bigger and bigger, and it became a true maritime overlord. Seeing a continuous stream of wealth pouring into its neighbor Spain, how could the English government stay silent just watching their neighbor prosper? To take a share of the pie, England must start from the sea. But at that time, the English navy had poor weapon supplies, so it would be a suicide to confront Spain directly. So Queen Elizabeth of England came up with a fantastic idea, which was to use the pirates to loot the treasures of the Spanish vessels that passed by. These pirates usually consisted of the unemployed, vagabonds, criminals, prisoners of war, orphans, and peasants who had lost their land. In these notorious pirate groups, there was no custom or rules whatsoever. Not even humanity. After they had plundered the ships, they ate, drank, and spent all their money. When their pockets were empty, they would go looting again. Sometimes, these pirates would kill some small animals on the islands. They would eat the marrow in the bones of the animals they just killed, while their bodies were still warm. They beat people up as they liked, and even poured pickle brine onto their wounds. Once while forcing some prisoners to reveal the hiding place of the treasures, they took out the heart of a prisoner alive. The heart was still beating when it was taken out, and then they ate it raw in front of the other prisoners. So it was actually the pirates that played a tremendously important role in the rise of England at that time. Not only did England acknowledge the lawfulness of piracy, but the Queen also issued a license for it. They became the English buccaneers who carried the glory and dream of England. The Queen of England and English squires offered to join the business, and provided ships and supplies for the pirates. In return, the plundered property would be shared with these shareholders. The pirate group was getting bigger and bigger, and Spain, which had been looted for some time, got more and more furious. So war could erupt within a hair trigger. At that time, however, there was a huge gap between the English Navy and the Spanish Navy. Spain owned 130 warships, while England only 40, big and small. With such an enormous gap in military strength, if war broke out, there's no doubt that England would suffer a disastrous defeat. One day in May of 1572, Francis Drake, the pirate, led his fleet, sneaked into the Spanish coast and attacked the Spanish warships with a hail of gunfire, causing many Spanish warships to be destroyed. This surprise attack bought time for the expansion of the English navy, whose warships increased to nearly 200 in just one year. More importantly, the warships which were built based on Drake's pirate experience, were suitable for flexible and mobile maneuver at sea. And finally, a naval war broke out between Spain and England. The defeat of the Spanish Armada inflicted heavy losses on the Spanish military forces. After that, England embarked on its expansion and gradually replaced Spain as a maritime overlord. Throughout the 16th century, pirates like Sir Francis Drake had made great contributions to the rise of England. More and more pirates joined in. But pirates were pirates after all, people who enjoyed killing and looting. On the other hand, 
the country that had gained new power started to grow, tired of the unrestrained and disorderly pirates. Eventually Britain abolished the pirates' legal looting license, which meant that looting from that day on would be severely punished by the government. Captured pirates would be hanged, and their bodies hung in the most crowded places as a warning to the public. The bodies of important pirates would be tarred to slow down the corrosion of the bodies, so they could be exposed for a longer period. As Britain grew stronger, it seemed to have forgotten the contributions of the pirates, and began to crack down on them. Since the year 1715, the British government had abolished the legal looting license for the pirates, and begun to get tough on their looting activities. As a consequence, these pirates who were initially enjoying their privilege, all of a sudden faced a difficult situation. There was an incident that directly led the pirates to break away from the British government, and build their own group in the Caribbean. At that time, a cargo ship full of treasures was wrecked in the Caribbean, and sank to the bottom of the sea which the pirates went to salvage. However, as Britain and Spain were in a truce, and this region was under the jurisdiction of Spain, the salvage of treasures by these pirates regardless of agreements between countries, made them true pirates. The British government's determination and strength to fight against pirates had never been stronger. It even used military forces to crack down on the pirates, who fought back as they fled. Finally, they found a foothold in the Caribbean, where they gathered together and established their own republic, completely free from the control of the British government. The golden age of the pirates had officially arrived. The establishment of the Republic of Pirates was closely related to the era and the rise of Britain. However, after Britain established its global hegemony, its policies on piracy resulted in the opposition between the pirates and the British government. After breaking away from the control of Britain, the pirates began to continue its seek for a new way out at sea. Next, let's see what the Republic of Pirates was like. Today we are just sharing limited bookie. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features. Dir hat dieser Podcast gefallen? Dann klicke jetzt auf Abonnieren und empfehle ihn weiter. Bleib immer auf dem Laufenden und folge uns bei Twitter, Instagram und Facebook. Mehr Podcasts findest du auf meinpodcast.de 